Kansas District Assembly this week, and uh, Dr. Graves was our speaker. And on Friday morning, he spoke out of Acts chapter 2, 42 through 47. And uh, as I heard it, I, it's a reminder of what we're called to be as the church. I think sometimes we, it's always good to, be rem- to remember we're going to come and take communion this morning. Communion is specifically designed to help us to remember. And I think sometimes in the church we forget what God has called us to. We've got lots of things going and we need to get them all done. And, and God has called us to a few things. And if we go back to the first... If you want to know what something means or the definition, you go back to the very beginning and you find out. And in Acts chapter 2 we're seeing the first church and what it was doing and what it was about. So let's all stand this morning. We're going to read together Acts chapter 2, beginning with verse 42. Let's read together. This is my Bible, the living Word of God. I am what it says I am. I can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do. This Word is the truth. It never changes and can never be destroyed. Right now my mind is alert. My heart is open. I'm about to receive a life-changing experience. I will never be the same in Jesus' name. This is talking about, this, this is right after uh, uh, Pentecost, the, the crowd, many people of 3,000 have come to know who Christ is, and then the church is born. Last Sunday we celebrated the church being born, and then this is the things they started doing. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings, and one of the versions that I read, that word devoted was dedicated, and so I kind of want you to keep that in your mind. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and good, they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. They were having a revival. People were coming to know the Lord. Isn't that great? So we want to look and say, okay, this is what they were doing and things that we want to happen were happening. So what do we need to do as the church? What has God called us as the church to do? And so let's pray. Father, we pray this morning that you would remind us once again who we are as the church, what we're called to do. You don't call us to do a whole lot of different things, just a few things. But Father, help us to remember those things. Help us not to get caught up in all the things that the world is doing and all the things that we may think need to be done, but help us to do these few things that are very essential and the things that we see that you blessed. You saw the church doing these things and you blessed them. And Father, we want to be a church that has your favor. And so we ask these things today in Jesus' name. Amen. Last week, like I said, we celebrated Pentecost. The Holy Spirit has come and people are beginning to get saved every day. And you have to understand that uh, this is the first church. The first church didn't have a building. The first church didn't have any buses. The The first church didn't have a Facebook page, a website, a sound system, a Twitter account. They didn't even have a pastor. What? Oh, yeah. They didn't have any of these things. And yet, we're seeing this great revival where people were getting saved every day. And it really, I think it's important for us as the church, if we say we're the church and we see this church as being very successful, we might ought to look and see what is it that God blesses. And these few verses describe what they did. And it only took five verses 
to say everything they did. You know that it takes more than five verses to say everything that this church does? We have a pamphlet for every ministry that we do. You couldn't say all the things that we do in five verses. So it makes me think maybe we as a church need to stop and look, and I think it's a good time. Now, does that mean those things are bad? No. I think we do the things that we need to be doing, and I think we do them well. But I think as a church, sometimes we need to stop and look and say, what did the first church do, and what did God bless, and make sure that we're doing those things and doing those things well. And there's four things that are described here that were going on, four activities, and we love activities. We like to do things. We like to be busy. We, we, we don't care if it's not even accomplishing anything. As long as we're busy, as long as we look like we're getting something done, it doesn't matter if it's doing anything or not. We like to be active, don't we? I mean, that's just the way the world is. You can watch people on TV, and they do stuff, and it's not doing one thing to better the world, but they're sure happy because they're doing it. And that's the way the church can be sometimes. And this, this word, these this verses here describes these people and the first words that it uses to describe them it says they and it's so it's saying the church the church and the first word to describe them was they were devoted or they were dedicated i like the word dedicated a little bit better than devoted but both of them are really good words they were dedicated i love baby dedications I don't know about you, but I love it when the parents come up here and they have their baby and they literally, they're laying that baby and giving it back to God and saying, we are giving this baby to you. That's dedicating. And so these people were dedicated. They were giving all that they were towards the mission of what God had for them, for people to become saved. They were dedicated to it. If you ask them, what are you going to be doing this week? Well, I'm going to be doing this, and we're going to be fellowshipping, we're going to be praying, we're going to be learning about what the apostles are saying, and we're going to be about getting... That's what they were talking about. What do, what do, people, what do you say when people ask you what you're going to be doing this week? Is the first thing you say, I'm being about the work of God, I'm being about what God's about, I'm going to tell you probably most of us, no. And I'm, I'm going to throw myself in there. People say, what are you doing this week? Well, I'm going to be doing this. I, you know, I've got a whole list of stuff I've got to do. I wasn't home last week, so I've got to mow my yard because I can't see out the windows anymore because the grass is so high. I've got to go fishing sometime. I've got to get that done. If I don't get that done, what's going to happen? I've got to do that. You know, we've all got things that we've got to do. But are you dedicated? Are you dedicated to... Uh, the, the, what the church is about. And dedication is the word that we use there. Now, we don't see, I think we are, a, we are a society where we don't see dedication like we used to. And I'm not saying that, well, I'm, yeah, I, I, I will say, I think we need to see it more. When I, was, when I was a kid, and I'm just telling you, I'm just telling you the way it was. When I was a kid... You went to church, and most people went to the same church their whole life. They were dedicated to that church. We live in a society now, and I'm, I'm just, hey, I'm just being honest. We live in a society now where if we don't, don't want to go here, we'll go there. If we don't want to go, we'll try this for a little while. We'll try that for a little while. And I'm not saying that's wrong, but at some time in our lives, we need to get dedicated to something. I always tell people, when they come and visit our church, I always say, you know, this may not be the place for you. 
This, you know, we, we hope that it is. We hope that you believe what we believe. We hope that you can come in. But I'll tell you what we really want is for you to say, this is who I am. This is what I believe in. I believe in the ministry you're doing. I believe in what you're at. And we want people who are dedicated to what we're about. That's what the word says they were. They were dedicated to what was, to what was going on and what God was doing. And we see dedication in all kinds of things in the world. People are absolutely dedicated to their job. They're going to be there on time. They're going to show up. Now, we don't see that as much as we used to. But there's a lot of people that are dedicated to their job. A few weeks ago when I was on vacation, this family moved into the campsite next to our campsite. And there wasn't, it didn't take but about five minutes for me to figure out what their whole life was dedicated to. They had this big tray, they had this big drive the drive up mobile you know motor home and behind that they had a jeep hooked onto that and behind that they had the sweetest ranger bass boat you've ever seen this was a walking bass fishing train i mean this was a it was a bass train was what it was and it had this huge motor on the back with those poles that go down if you got them poles you're dedicated i mean me and cindy we got fishing poles, and that's all we got. We don't, we're not dedicated fishermen. But these guys were dedicated to fishing. And so uh, they were in there, and, and, uh, and they were backing up. And, and, man, he pulled the tarp off that boat. And I was just standing there going. And he goes, hey, how you doing? I was kind of embarrassed. I went, I said, man, that's a sweet boat. And he said, yeah. He said, we're, we're, we're fishing this tournament down here. I kind of I follow the tournament. How about you? I was like. I didn't even know this happened a tournament. I said, I don't know. I don't know anything about it. You know, I was hoping he would teach me something, you know. And he said, yeah, we, we kind of followed the tournament. And he had, I mean, and he started pulling out rods and reels. And his wife got up in there and she was tying on lures and stuff. I was so jealous. My wife makes me tie on everything. <laughs> Take everything off her hook. But we have a good time. This guy, and he goes, yeah, my son's coming here in a little while. He's a professional fisherman. Pretty soon he pulls in. He's got this big old long ranger boat. And they had everything. I'm not kidding you. There was well over $100,000 worth of stuff sitting there. And I was like, this guy is dedicated to bass fishing. That was his life. He lived in Ohio. I mean, he lived in Iowa. And he was driving down to Missouri. That's dedication. He was dead. He said, yeah, I follow it around wherever it goes. Wherever, he, wherever the tournament was, that's where he was going. He had dedicated his life to this. Could people say that to you about your dedication to God's work? What would your friends say that you're dedicated to? What would your family say that you're dedicated to? Moms and dads this morning... What what would your kids say? These are questions we need to answer. What would your kids say you're dedicated to? Are you dedicated to the work of God and what he's trying to do? Or have you poured your life into something else? This son of his, and and I'm I'm just saying what I saw. This son of his was dedicated to the same thing his dad was dedicated to. Now, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with fishing. But there is something wrong with anything that we let consume our life. And I'm going to tell you, I, as, I think as men, 
I think our whole life is fighting being consumed with something. My whole life, I have gone from one sport to the other, from hunting to bow hunting to deer hunting to, to coon hunting to fishing. To, and all those things I have to watch or I get consumed by that. And it can be anything. And our, we have to say, we need to step back. And I'm asking myself these questions. What am I dedicated to? The, ch- the first church was being very successful and people were getting saved. And they had dedicated themselves to four things. There's four things that the first church did. The first thing they did, they were dedicated to the apostles' teaching. There wasn't any Bible. There wasn't any new, there was a Bible, but there wasn't any New Testament. There wasn't a printing press. Nobody had, had, these, uh, had a Bible to teach from. It was all oral teaching. So they would sit down, and I, I got to tell you, I love the internet, you know, parts of the internet and things like that, but there's something to be said about oral teaching. I think today we pretty well tell our kids, you know, go read your Bible, and we, we hand that off to somebody else. These people were dedicated to the oral teaching, to someone coming and speaking and saying, this is what we learned when we were with Jesus. This is what Jesus said. This is what Jesus said about God. This is what we saw Jesus do. Your kids, mom and dad, need to hear you orally speak the teaching of Jesus in your home. They need to hear that all the time. This is what Jesus says about this. This is what Jesus says about that. This is what Jesus does. This is what what Jesus said. They need to hear that continuously. When there's a situation where you have a, have a choice to make, what would Jesus do? That needs to be what is said. Not, not just this is what we do. This is what Jesus did, and this is why we do it. They need to hear that. And not only do they need to hear that, more importantly, they need to see that lived out in you. It doesn't do any good if you say it but don't live it. God has called us to live this out. And so they were dedicated to the oral teachings of the gospel. And I want to especially, you know, we're getting into this, we're talking about, and Father's Day is close. Fathers, your kids need to hear you speaking about God. They need to hear teaching from their father. They need to hear it teaching from their mother too. But would your family describe you as devoted to the teachings of the Bible? Someday we're all going to die, and I always try to, uh, and if 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 you've ever... There's probably not very many here that have. But if you ever preach a funeral, you get in there and you, and, you, and you have the family together and you say, what do you want to be said about your loved one? And one day, all of us, unless the Lord comes, will die. Will it be said of you by your family, by the closest ones to you, by your wife or by your husband? Will it be said on that day, they were dedicated to the teachings of Christ? Will that be one of the first things they say about you? Because as Christians, that's what God has called us to. Is that something that can be said about our church? I hope that it is. I hope that we're dedicated to the teaching of God's Word. I believe that we are as best as we can be, but it's always good to stop and think, are we really dedicated to this? The second thing they were dedicated to is the church. They were dedicated to fellowship with one another. They were dedicated to being together. Uh, I'm going to tell you, we're, we all come together on Sunday morning. This really isn't fellowship. It sort of is. It's sort of fellowship. It's, it's coming together. 
But really, Sunday morning attendance, you're right on the edge of fellowship. You're close to fellowship, but you're not quite there yet. Fellowship is when you get to know the people that you go to church with. Fellowship is when you get into their life and you figure out what's going on with them and and they know what's going on with you and you know how to pray for their kids and they know how to pray for your kids and and you live together and you come into a a relationship to where you're friends with people and you're not just on the edge. Now we want you to know that we're glad that you're here on Sunday morning, but I'm going to be honest with you. You're very close to fellowship, but God has called us to deeper walk with him and with each other and if we're ever going to be the church that god has called us to be we have to be dedicated to fellowship and we talk about fellowship and what that looks like that's sunday school class sunday school class is fellowship sunday school class is when you come together and you're praying for each other and you're doing uh meals together and things like that so that you know the people in your sunday school class Fellowship is, is discipleship groups on Wednesday nights where our men meet together and our women meet together and we hold each other accountable. Our bolt groups on Wednesday nights, that's fellowship. Where our kids come together and they share uh, their needs and they share their struggles and things like that and people come alongside of them and are praying for them. That's fellowship. Fellowship's hard. Some of fellowship's not hard, but some of it is. When you really start investing in life, in, pe- in people's lives, it costs. It's easy to come and sit on Sunday morning, but God has called us to fellowship. In order for the church to be what it's called to be, he's, we have to be devoted to fellowship. Fellowship is living life together. I was writing this down and this morning as I was going over this. I remember different times when we had, and I didn't, you really didn't think about it as fellowship, but it really was. I was thinking about when we went up to Olathe for Max, when me and Joe was kids. And uh, me and Jack and Brenda and my folks was all sitting at the table eating breakfast one morning. That was fellowship. And uh, Jimmy was there, and uh, he was probably, he was probably seventh or eighth grade. And he got his pancakes, and he handed them over, and his mom cut them. I was embarrassed for him. I said, Jimmy, what's the matter with you? He goes, he didn't even, he didn't even act like there was one thing wrong with that at all. He's like, well, my mom, my mom always cuts my pancakes. Joe said something like, you're an embarrassment to the species or something like that. That was fellowship. All these trips that... We take, and, you know, on Wednesday, we're going to go, we're going to take the kids to Silver Dollar City. You say, what in the world does that have to do with anything? I will never forget last year, we took a trip up to Six Flags. We had a busload of people. We get up there, and you'll, the power's out at Six Flags. The power never goes out at Six Flags. It never, never goes out. They went out. They went out. They wouldn't let us in. Oh, it'll, it'll be on in an hour. Hour later. Oh, it'll be on in an hour. Two hours later, you know, we're starting to eat the, the weaklings in the group because we've run out of food. You know, I mean, we're all, I'll, never remember, I'll never forget that day. We had fellowship with Jamie and his family. And Wyatt ate everything at Steak and Shake that day. That's fellowship. When we go on these things, it's not just because we want to go on a trip together. God says that we're called to live together. We're called to live life together. 
Are you devoted to fellowship? I'm not talking about church attendance. I'm talking about fellowship. Fellowship's hard because fellowship's uncomfortable. I always admire anybody that would come to church. You know how awkward it is to come to church? You walk in here, you don't know anybody, or you might, not, you know, you might know three or four people. You have no idea what they're going to say, no idea what they're going to do, and yet you come. If you come to church and you're a visitor here, I am... You are so brave. I'm telling you, to, to go any place where I don't know what's going to happen, I don't know exactly what's going it, it scares me to death. And then, and then you come and, and, and you sit, and we are so glad you're here. But God is calling us to something deeper. And it's even more uncomfortable to put yourself in a place where you might get to know people. But I'm telling you, that's what God has called us to. That's what this church was doing. These people were getting out of their comfort zone and saying, all right, this thing, is, this thing was brand new. Nobody knew what was going on. They were like, well, okay, I'm, I'm going to go be part of it. If this is what I'm going to do, I'm going to be dedicated to it, and I'm going to jump in, I'm going to be part of it. That's what God has called us to. And I, I admire anybody that does it. And we've had... I'm going to tell you, as we've been building this church over here, it's been hard for us to do like fellowship dinners and things like that. But we're trying to do that this summer. I want to encourage you on the second Sunday night of each month to come and be part of fellowship. We're going to eat. Everybody likes to eat. Everybody thinks, everybody makes fun of the church because they eat together. It's biblical. That's what the church did. Everybody, oh, well, the church is, all they want to do is get together and eat. So, that's wonderful. We all got to eat anyway. We might as well eat together. Dr. Graves told a story about this guy. He said he was going to go to the Sunday picnic, and he had, all he had was a bologna sandwich. So he went to the Sunday picnic. They played games. It all comes time down to, all comes time. They're all going to sit down and eat. A family comes up to him and says, hey, we want you to come eat with us. He goes, all I've got is a, it was a stale bologna sandwich. He said, that's all I have. And he said they had, this woman had made chicken, fried chicken, like in a pan, pan fried chicken, and potato salad, and baked beans, and yeast rolls, and two big chocolate pies. And she said, we love bologna sandwiches. She said, just throw yours in with ours, and we'll all eat it together. Said that lady took his bologna sandwich and said, with him and their family, then there would be eight. And she said she cut it up into eight pieces and set it on the table and said, passed it around, and everybody took a piece of the bologna sandwich, and he said, then I ate fried chicken and potato salad and big yeast rolls with butter and chocolate pie. He said, I came there with a bologna sandwich, and he said, I ate like a king. And he said, he never forgot this. This guy is an evangelist now in the Church of Nazareth. Folks, we need to people that when we fellowship that everybody feels welcome if you bring a, bring a can of Vienna sausage or you bring a bucket of chicken we all come and we eat at the table together and we fellowship I'm praying I'm praying that someday some family will say I remember a day that I came to church and we didn't have anything in our freezer and I walked home with a cooler full of meat I, le- I came with nothing, and I left with hamburger and bacon and ham or whatever's in one of these things. You know what? That could change a family's life and change their heritage forever. 
this guy that this happened to, their family name is big in the Church of the Nazarene now because one day they came and went to a, went to a picnic, to a fellowship time, and it changed his name and it changed his family's direction, probably for eternity. You say, why do we do these things? Because I'm hoping that one of these will change a family's direction for eternity. Fellowship. They broke bread together. I, I kind of lumped both those things two together, but, but fellowship, breaking bread. Part of it, there's two thoughts on this. There's some people that think it was eating together, and some people thought it was the Lord's Supper together. I, I, I say it was probably both. We take the Lord's Supper today to remember it's a time of fellowship together, and we remember what God has done. The fourth thing they were devoted to was prayer. I am praying that our church would become more devoted to prayer. I was talking to a lady this morning, and I said, boy, I really wish our Wednesday night, I wish we could just do all prayer. And she said, if you do that, nobody will come. And I was like, I know. But this church was dedicated to prayer. And so if we do have prayer and no one comes, then how can we be a church that says we're dedicated to prayer? And how will we ever be what God wants us to be if we're not dedicated to prayer? And I think we put prayer as, well, you know, if we're going to pray, I'm going to go do something else. If we're ever going to be the church that God has called us to be in a church like this where people are getting saved every single day, church, we're going to have to be dedicated to prayer. It's easier to be dedicated to fellowship, isn't it? If we're going to have something to eat, maybe we ought to have a prayer and potluck or something. I don't know. We throw it all together. But if we're really going to be what God has called us to be, we have to be dedicated to prayer. I was in Kansas City this winter, and I saw a taxi driver, and he pulled his taxi, and there wasn't anybody uh, beside him to, to, to pull it up. I, mean, I think Cindy was with me. We were walking down, to, going to the M15 conference. I was walking down the street. He pulls over. He gets out, faces east, gets on his knees on a prayer rug, and starts praying. It is colder than all. Get out. And he's a Muslim that took time to stop his cab in the middle of wherever he was at that time to get on his knees in the middle of Kansas City, downtown Kansas City, and praise. Now, I don't agree with his religion, but it will be said when that guy dies that he was dedicated to prayer. Are you dedicated to prayer? Can your family say that you're dedicated to prayer? Can your people that you work with say that you're dedicated to prayer? Would your kids say one day that you are dedicated to, to prayer? Would the people that come to our church say that we're dedicated to prayer? I think that we do a... I think we need to do better. I think we need to be more dedicated to prayer. What if a visitor came in and stayed with us and came with here came here on Sunday and came to our services during the week would they say that we were dedicated to fellowship would they say that we were dedicated to prayer are we dedicated to what the church was here are we dedicated to these things at home 
How dedicated are you to saving the lost? How really, let's think, let's just be honest this morning, church. How dedicated are we to Jesus? This morning we remember the way that Jesus' life was, and Jesus' life was totally dedicated to the cause. So much so that he laid his life down. He was broken. This morning when we take the bread, we, we remember the body that was broken. That's dedication, isn't it? Anybody got beat up this week for serving the Lord? Anybody got nailed to a cross this week for serving the Lord? That's dedication. Anybody spill any blood this week because you're a Christian? That's dedication. And the same dedication that Jesus had is what he has called us to, to where our whole life is broken and spilled out for the cause. And this morning we remember that. Are you dedicated? Have you set aside your life and devoted it to the cause? I want you to ask yourself the question this morning. Is my life set aside and completely devoted to the cause of Jesus? Or is the cause of Jesus set aside for the things of my life? Did you hear that this morning? Is my life set aside for the cause of Jesus? Or is the cause of Jesus set aside for the things of my life. Do you understand what I'm saying there? Is, is the cause of Jesus, is going to church and praying and being part of fellowship, are those things set aside so that I can do the things that I want to do? Or is my life being set aside so that the cause of Jesus is accomplished? That's a good question to ask this morning as the church. I'm not asking you to come to the altars this morning or anything like that i'm not asking you to get saved this is a message for the church this morning but i want to ask you to ask yourself this quest these questions what in your life is more important what in your life is 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 setting aside jesus stuff for your stuff is there any place like that in your life this morning this morning as we I want, I want the ushers to come and, and uh, those that come and serve communion. I want, our, I want all of our ushers to come. Maybe a few extras. We're going to start with the, with the bread. And, and they'll start this. And, and if you can, just hand them down the rows and help us out as much as you can. And as you get these things, hang on to them. Don't take them yet. And then we're going to do the same thing with the cup. 